Praise the Lord, everybody. I mean, he's glad, glad to be in the house of the Lord. No better place to be than God's house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, uh, I'm glad we serve a good God. Hallelujah. I was nervous, folks. I thought... Brother Caleb Sampson was in this room over here and my Bible and my iPad is in there and, he, and I didn't see him and I'm sitting there with an iPhone thinking, oh, help me Jesus. <laughs> Just in time. Hallelujah. That's it, but just in time. Ah, again, let me say I'm honored to be here. I thoroughly enjoyed myself like what God's doing, like what I feel. Uh, I think Elder said something about the devil rearing his old ugly head up. Anytime you make up in your mind to have revival, the devil is not going to sit back quietly. That's time that you got to put the whole armor on and begin to fight like you've never fought before. Hallelujah. And uh, it's going to be a little bit different here tonight. Bear with me. Uh, Brother Turner, I give honor to you. We'll meet you officially after church. You're sitting there, so you stay there, okay? But Mom Sampson, Sister Turner, go ahead and come up here and sit by your husband. You're going to have to skeet out. I need some chairs up here. Hallelujah. While they're doing that, I want Brother Zach and your wife and Sister Younger Sampson come up here, bring your kids. Say, what in the world is this man fixing to do? Get, well, just sit back and watch. I began to feel this last night. There might be a few things that I say tonight. I've done this a long time. I have sat where you sat or sit tonight. And I have watched, I did it myself. I've watched saints when preachers say certain things. You can watch it's like one head turns. Whoop, and looks at the pastor to see if he agrees. So, so to satisfy that before you have to turn your head in a few minutes, I've already let Elder and Sister Sampson know what I felt tonight. I don't normally do that, but I take this very seriously. Hallelujah. Thank you. You have your Bibles, Judges verse, uh, chapter 8, verse number 20. Give honor to the Parkers and the Turners. And um, thank God for elders. We wouldn't be here without them. I really believe God wants to talk to us tonight to challenge us. While you're finding that, Elder Sampson was talking about trouble. I've been in trouble before. Uh, I was probably five, six years old, Elder. And uh, my mom left me in the car in the front seat. The car was running. And uh, she went into the bank. And literally, the front of the car is here. The little lobby of the bank glassed in. There was an ATM and then you would walk into the bank. I don't know how far she was in the bank. But I got curious and nosy. And I looked down and there's that little thing called, I didn't know what it was. It's called the cigarette lighter. Oh, yeah. Y'all know where this one's going. And I looked at it. I pulled it out. And I, oh, okay. When I went to push it back in, I didn't realize you could push it in. And so I did. And I mesmerized. In a few minutes, it just clicked. And I said, well, hey, look, this. I was too dumb. I looked down, it's red. I wonder what that is. Cha-ching to the end of my finger. And they heard me, blood-curling scream in the bank. Curiosity can kill you if you're not careful. Hallelujah. Judges chapter number eight. This is Gideon speaking. I'm gonna do my best to explain this scripture if the Lord will help me tonight. And he said unto, we're going to speak, talk it in, or say it in the English language, it would be Jether. But if you look up the original meaning, it's a, with a Y. Jether, Yether, Ether, whatever. I'm glad we don't name our kids that kind of stuff anymore. Can you imagine being the son of Dodo? Who's your dad? Oh, he's a Dodo. I mean, he is Dodo. Jether is firstborn up. And slay them. There's two giants, not literally in body size, but 
giants that were coming against the children of God. But the youth drew not his sword, for he feared, because he was yet a youth. Say, Brother Whit, my God, you said youth, you got all these people up here. If you are 40 and below, remain standing, everybody else have a seat. 40 and below, look at that. 40 and below. He's identifying as below 40. (laughs) Hallelujah. How many appreciate the family that leads this church? You're standing here tonight and 40 and below and your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa's in this house. How many of you appreciate your heritage? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know some of you are seated, but before you 40 and below are seated, I'm fixing with the help of the Holy Ghost to preach to you tonight. I want you to help me pray. Hallelujah. I am not come to prophesy. I'm not the son of a prophet, a prophet I don't claim to be. I'm not, I'm not super spiritual. You've heard me preach enough. I'm pretty much cornbread and, and beans. But I felt this last night, and as the Lord works sometimes, went to eat lunch today, came back to the room. I'm sorry, I do live the life of an evangelist. Sometimes when I get a chance, I took a nap. And I woke up about an hour before I should be at church. Brother Turner, the Lord said, watch this, flip the switch, and here it comes. Help me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. God, I humbly stand before you. Nothing. I am nothing without you, God. Would you anoint my mind and my lips of clay? Would you let us know before we leave this house tonight that we have touched you and you have touched us, God. Put the words, I seek acceptable words tonight, God. Anoint our ears and our hearts. Confirm your word with signs following. We're careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. And let the church say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I said it a while ago. It's the first line in my notes tonight. It says intro, colon, thank God for our elders. You're not here tonight, 40 and below, without the elders. We couldn't get this far without the elders. Thank God for every, and I say this with all due respect, not only the ones sitting up here, but the elders sitting in the pew tonight. Thank God for every gray head. Thank God for every soldier of the cross that has been fighting this, that has blazed the trail. Hallelujah. That I don't have to walk like this and wonder where, but there are footprints indelibly printed in the sand of time. That's why I'm here tonight. God forbid that I would ever try to change the direction of what the elders have placed before me. You can't perfect truth. You can't perfect it. It's already perfected. Hallelujah. It is they who have passed down or in the process of passing down this glorious truth. And believe you me tonight, they are the ones that have fought hard and have the blood, sweat, and tears to show for it. They have a great desire to make sure that you and I get a firm grip on the baton of truth. Doesn't matter how fast you can run, my friend, in a marathon, the most important part is that that first runner gets it into the hand of the second man. And there's a time frame and there's guidelines. Because if you fault, it's over. I don't care how much you keep running. And number two into number three. And number three into number four. This is a generational thing. Just like I said last night, God is interested in breaking generational curses. He's also interested in our generation. And he's the same God. It was the psalmist that said, Oh God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Notice the next verse. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, 
Oh God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Caleb Sampson said it last night. I got him stirred up, forgive me. He talked about the lights and the smoke. Let me tell you something, don't be deceived, friend. That's not where it's at. We didn't get here by smoke and mirrors and production and performance and I'm not throwing off on anybody. I'm just standing for what's right. I don't care who does it. That's not what we need. That's not what the world's looking for. They have that in the nightclubs. They have that at the rock concerts. They did a survey not too long ago of denominal young people and they asked them, why do you no longer go to church? They said, because the church of today is trying to give us what the world has already given us. I tell you, if you'll just stand flat-footed and preach the unadulterated word of God, this one God apostolic tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, believing message still gets a hold of somebody that is tired of sin, that is tired of the world, that is tired of sleepless nights, they're tired of drugs, they're tired of alcohol, they're tired of the world. Just preach truth. And I've come to preach tonight with the help of the Holy Ghost. And anybody here can take this. But you 40 and below, I want you to leave here with a spring in your step and a determination. And here's my title. I want you to leave here saying this tonight. I will not be intimidated. I will not be intimidated. was the elder Moses then in the next to last chapter of the book Deuteronomy turned to Joshua and said be strong and of a good courage fear not don't be intimidated Joshua nor be afraid of them for the Lord thy God he it is that doth go with thee he will not fail thee nor forsake thee what I went and talked to the officer so you know I'm not out here on a limb I would never do that this is your pastor there's no you hear me there's not another man in the United States or a foreign country that you have any business giving your ear to that's your pastor It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter the connection. I don't care if it's an evangelist come through or another pastor or somebody else. That is your pastor. If the trumpet sounded, that is the man right now that would have to give an account for you. But since I'm preaching to 40 and below, if the Lord tarries, I still have a little bit more in him, and I'm older. I like that. I'm losing it back here, and it's going that way. But anyway, don't be fooled. That's how mine started. This is your assistant pastor, correct? How many love your assistant pastor? Was he perfect? Come on, be real. You don't have to be afraid. Was he perfect? Is he perfect? Is he? Thank you. Don't forget that. And I'm not up here. There's not fixing to be a transition that they know of right at the moment. We're not doing, I'm, not, I'm just telling you what I feel. He's preached. He's put it in you. He's now helping him. There'll come a day if the Lord tarries. He's going to be your pastor. Don't trip either. 
You love your brother? Is he perfect? No. Really, wait, what are you doing? I'm not putting it on the spot. I'm going to tell you, I've watched transitions. It is absolutely blowing my mind. And again, I know there's not a transition. Just hear me. This is for future reference. There are too many apostolic Pentecostal transitions that are blowing up and destroying people. And I've watched them. That's why I asked you. I've watched brothers take over and sisters cause absolute chaos because they were jealous. But Zach, you're not jealous, are you? Hey. You're laughing. I'm telling you. There are people backslid tonight, right now, lost. I'm telling you, the devil hates us. He hates the truth. He hates the church. He hates every apostolic Pentecostal preacher. And he hates you as the saints of the most high God. We cannot give him any more ammunition than he already has. Hallelujah. So Moses tells Joshua in here, chapter one rolls around and Moses is gone now. And if the Lord tarries, this precious couple is not going to live forever. And then it's going to fall to that precious couple. And 40 and below, you better make your mind up. I'm behind them lock, stock, and barrel. They're not going to pastor just like these two do. That's not the same man. I'm not talking about changing the doctrine. But it's two different men. God never called him and expected him to be him. He wants him to be him. And you be you. But there is a fear factor. Hell is unleashing, unleashed intimidation on the apostolic church like he never has before because he knows he has but a short time to work. And Joshua is a younger man. And the Lord's telling Moses is dead. Rise, go over Jordan. I'm giving you the land. Every place that the sole of your feet shall tread, I'm gonna give it to you. Just like I told Moses. And he lays out the dimensions. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. I was with Moses. I'm gonna be with you. I didn't forsake him. I'm not gonna forsake you. Here we go. He heard it from Moses. Now he's hearing it from God. Be strong and have a good courage. And another translation says, be not intimidated. Hallelujah, because you're going to do exactly what I'm telling you you're going to do, Joshua. Verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Pay attention to the law. You're going to be successful. You're going to be prosperous. Chapter, verse 9, he's trying to get a point across to Joshua. Have not I commanded thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. can't go through the book of Joshua talking about elders. Let me back up to the elders now. There's a reason every last one of us goes through what we go through. God's working on us but I believe with everything within me if we'll pass the test somewhere we're going to help somebody else. In Joshua 14 we find that tremendous testimony. As an older man, much older, stands to his feet, he looks at his friend, Joshua, he said, let me tell you something now, I've been waiting a long time for this moment, I'm just as strong now as I was back then, I remember the day when everything began to fall apart, but Joshua, I kept walking by faith and not by sight, trusting in you, I didn't have the answers and I understand everything, but buddy, here we are, we have finally made it, and it's time, I hope my mountain I'm tired of the intimidation of doubt and fear and unbelief and the past. It's time to claim what rightfully belongs to me. I will not be intimidated any longer, Joshua. Book closes. Now Joshua is an old man. Isn't that amazing? It just happens. I still, my wife, April the 24th, she's not here. She don't know I'm telling this. She can't get me in trouble unless you tell her. She turned 49 on April the 24th. I love it because I'm only 44, so I have a lot of fun with that. She turned 41st. She's going to turn 50 next year. She said, I'm done with birthdays. 
I said, oh, no, you're not. Hallelujah. They're all... Joshua is looking at a generation that is, ah, uh, uh, hallelujah, uh, that's seen a lot of things happen, claimed a lot of territory. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods that your father served in Egypt, on the other side of the flood. But evil, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Joshua said, it's for me and my house. Made my mind up a long time ago. I'm going to serve the Lord. But I wonder for you 40 and below, any mama and daddy, there's any young people, any children that have your mind made up, I'm going to serve the Lord. Come on, 40 and below. You got your mind made up, your feet on the rock, I don't care who quits, I don't care what happens, I don't care who walks away, I don't care, I refuse to be intimidated. I'm going to make heaven my home. It's not a game. It's not the game of life where you spend the little will and you collect the paper money. This is the real deal, my friend. And the devil is a master intimidator. What's amazing about that is there's coming a day when the Bible says they're gonna look at him and say, you mean to tell me that? That's who I succumb to? That's who I listen to? That's who turned the world on its head? Yeah, that's him. Hallelujah. He got finished with his spiel. The people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Judges chapter 1. Moses is gone. Joshua is gone. And we begin to see as God begins to give them more victory. They're driving this one out and they're driving that one out. But oh, verse 27 rolls around, Brother Turner. And it's interesting. The Bible says, neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of. And it begins to list the cities and the towns came to pass when Israel was strong they put the Canaanites to tribute they didn't drive them out they kept them close and did not utterly drive them out for the next several verses it's Ephraim didn't drive out Zebulun it's on and on you get down to 34 and the Amorites who should not even be in the land forced the children of Dan into the mountain in the promised land Forced them, intimidated them. Judges two and one. Hallelujah. And the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochum. And he said, The people don't know what to do. They're, they're tripping out. What in the world's going on? I'm going to tell you a little bit what's going on. The elders are gone. Joshua's gone. And there's some people that have fallen back to their old ways. They're intimidated. They're living in fear. They're scared to death of the enemy. They're everywhere because they didn't drive them out when they should have drove them out. They didn't take care of their Saul when they should have taken care of Saul. But God promised them will bring you out. You shall make no league with the inhabitants of the land. You shall throw down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will, God said, I'm not even going to drive them out. They're going to be a thorn in your side. And then we get to one of the most chilling verses in all of God's word. Put Judges chapter 2 and verse number 10 up there. Let it stay up there. And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers. and their, This blows my mind. And there arose another generation which knew not the Lord. The works what he had done for Israel. How in the world can you come out of Egypt See the plagues, the miracles, you cross the Red Sea, water from the rock. I've already said this, manna from heaven, miracle after miracle after miracle. You watch an entire generation waste away because they didn't believe one promise. God got so sick and tired of their spirit, them tempting him. The New Testament tells us that they tempted me these ten times. He don't even call them human beings, much less his own children. He said, your carcass is going to die in the wilderness. Now you have a generation 
You ready? Of Holy Ghost filled apostolic. That don't even know God. Now the works that he's done for Israel. That's why young people, young couples, these elders tonight, you better listen to their stories. Well, I mean, I mean look at them. I am. They're beautiful. Well, you're, I, I'm not going to say that about him. But she thinks you're handsome. Still in love. Yeah, but they're out of touch. No, 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 no. No, if they're out of touch, this is out of touch. You don't need a self-help dummy book. You just need to put your nose back in that book because every problem you have right now, the answer's in this book. You got marriage problems? Here's your answer. You got financial problems? Here's your answer. You got self problems? Here's your answer. You got friend issues? Here's your answer. And from this point right here, the rest of the history of Israel to this very day Oh, there were little rises. There was a baby born, turned his world upside down. He's turned a lot of people's world upside down. But overall, the history of Israel never went back to the top and stayed. Hallelujah. Next, the very next verse, and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. They forsook the God of their fathers, brought him out of the land to be, followed other gods. This is over. You read this chapter after chapter after, and every once in a while he'd raise up a judge or he'd raise up a king, and they'd go right back, right back, right back. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Why do we think we're any different if we're not careful? We're humans just like they were. Oh, well, I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> You can speak in tongues tonight, walk out and fornicate and commit adultery. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is not a fix-all. If you're not full of the Holy Ghost and you're not feeding the Holy Ghost and you're not praying and you're not reading your Bible and you're not fasting consistently and you're not listening to the man of God and you're not faithful to church and you're not truly worshiping God with everything that's within you, there's going to be some cracks there's going to be some other things that fill up that half-empty vessel. Hallelujah. I could go on and on, on and on, verse after verse. And judge was dead, and they returned and corrupted themselves. And we get to verse 6. And the children of, uh, chapter 6. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them to the hand of Midian. Midian simply means, the Midianites, this is the base root of that word, to rule. Contentious, brawling, discord. <laughs> yeah, see what happens when you don't take care of the ites? The Canaanites, the Amorites, the Amalekites, and all the termites. They bore their way into your spiritual tabernacle. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens. Here we go. These are God's People being intimidated by the enemy. They're living in mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites. Oh, look, we've added somebody else now. And the children of the east, even they came up against them and they had camped against them. And they destroyed the increase of the earth. Oh, wow, look how far reaching this is now becoming. They're living in caves. They've destroyed their crops, their animals, their herds. And Israel was greatly impoverished because... <laughs> of a contentious, ruling, brawling, intimidating spirit. But the Lord loves us enough that he sends an angel to a young man out threshing wheat. <laughs> Thank God for Gideon. He's out there threshing wheat, elder, all by himself. He too is intimidated. Hey, bro! Thou mighty man of valor. 
must have a mouse in my pocket because you ain't talking to me, Lord. Look what I'm doing. I'm hiding right now because we have been intimidated by the ites. And Baal worship is everywhere you look. In God's house. Oh, get in. You're fixing to deliver. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Whoop, whoop. Are you sure, God, you've got the wrong ad, uh, address? You called the right cell phone number? God doesn't make mistakes. God has more faith in us than we do ourselves. If you don't believe me, go read the story of Job. Okay, I heard you, but just like us, we're human. I tell you what, God, if that's really you, and he began to fleece the Lord. And thank God, God answered his request. And we know the story well. I could break it down. There's a lot to even preach in that story. He was intimate. He finally he had went down and heard them talking in the tents, and he realized, God, you're really in this. I'm hey, this is cool. We're fixing to take over. And I want to tell you something sometimes. God uses the most extreme, unusual, weird to us. God, you can't be in that. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of times what makes sense to us is not what God uses. And he whittled it down from 32,000 to 300 men with a trumpet, a lamp, and a pitcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He done lost his mind. He thinks I'm going to take on the grasshoppers. That's what they thought they were. Do you know where this all started? For the nation of Israel? See, Gideon began to battle that spirit of intimidation that went all the way back to the moment that they could have taken the promised land and an entire generation would not have died in the wilderness. They spied out the land. They came back. It took two men. I've never seen grapes that size. It took two men to carry one cluster of grapes. Elder, Brother Caleb Sansom, they had the proof in their hands. And they said, but... That's some strong defense cities and they're walled and the sons of Anak are there. They're giants and who are, we're as grasshoppers. Do you understand? They never told them that. Right here. They got intimidated by what they saw and they forgot who their God was. I will not be intimidated and it got so bad that two, if you don't think unbelief is powerful it is a sin folks you go read revelations it says the unbelieving God had worked miracle after miracle and they're standing there and two men hey guys shut up be quiet we can take this no they wanted to stone him to death they're looking they're st- they already went to the promised land The spirit of intimidation killed him. Victory was won because they obeyed, getting obeyed God's command. Light that lamp, break that pitcher, blow those trumpets, and God can only do what God can do. Great revival, great victory. They're chasing them left and right. They kill uh, Oreb and I think it's Zeb. Boy, these names. Thank God for Terry. But to the end of that chapter, I read it to you tonight. I'm hurrying. There's Gideon. He's pumped. Ziba and Zalmunna are standing there gloating because they had just killed his brothers. And Gideon's had all he can take. Come on, Brother Samson. Brother Caleb Samson, come on. said it multiple times I'm going to say it one more time again tonight you better pray every single day and I'm not insinuating anything when I say this I'm just using this as an example here stands Jether daddy's fought his battles daddy's got his taxidermy trophies on the wall the Holy Ghost is moving the enemy's falling 
Gee, they're up. Take your sword. Mm, how different the story could be. Slim. The spirit of intimidation and fear came over that young man. I'm not telling him I have to go back and listen to generational stories. You just watch daddy do it with his own eyes. Because he was afraid. He was young. The pressure. And you never, thank you, you never read Jether's name again in biblical history. Again, I'm not here being uh, ugly and negative. There's elders in this house. I'll be 45 July the 21st. I've lived long enough to watch men turn their churches over to young whippersnappers. And again, I'm not insane. I believe Brother Caleb Sampson has that. I've watched him in these services. I've been with him. I like his spirit. But I'm going to tell you, the pressure is mounting on the apostolic young ministry today. Because it's... Go mainstream. If you'll do this, you'll fill the pew up. It's always been there, but the, the devil is tightening down the vice grip. Brother Caleb Sampson, be careful who your friends are. Oh, help me, Jesus. I will not be intimidated. Intimidation is the action, the action of frightening or threatening someone usually in order to persuade them to do something that you want them to do. To be made afraid, frightened, especially by the threats or aggression of another. Timid or anxious, especially at the prospect of a difficulty or risk. Such a daunting task. That's what Jether was battling. Overawed or cowed as though through force of, by personality, superior display of wealth, talent, rank, etc. Let me very quickly, I'm not even going to stop and hardly deal with these because time's running out. But I read this in an article and I thought, boy, it sounds so much like the devil. Six keys to successful intimidation. And I know we could flip this and use this, but in the vein of what I'm talking about, this is how the devil works. Number one, he's got so much confidence, it's mind-boggling. You know why he's got confidence? Because he knows who he is, and he knows it's over for him. There's no chance for him. He knows that. And he's unleashed the fury of hell from the beginning to the very moment we're talking right now. The devil's been working already. Because again... You make up your mind to have revival. It could be one week. It could be three months. It could be a year. Because you hear this preacher, revival doesn't come with an evangelist and it doesn't leave with an evangelist. But he's got the utmost confidence. He's been pretty successful doing what he's doing. He then begins to pump fear. But I've got word for the devil tonight. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. I'm telling you, it's not God's will that apostolic Pentecostal people live on prescription meds and get addicted and controlled by the spirit of this world. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And there are people that take pills in Pentecost to get up and to go to sleep. Hallelujah. Then he begins to land those successful jabs. Kind of like a boxing match, just you get punch drunk. Then he, he shows strong emotions. God help us. I know some of it's our personality sometimes, but I've seen some of the emotionally strung out people in my life in Pentecost. Then he threatens you. Just wait, buddy. I've got you down for the kill, Brother Turner. I'm just waiting for the right moment. I'm going to land that last punch. It's over. And then, till Jesus comes, he 
uses aggressiveness. It's only going to get tougher and tighter. By the way, my God, you are preaching so depressing. I'm preaching reality. I'm preaching stuff that's going on right now. Around the apostolic Pentecostal movement. And there's too many places that are trying to put makeup on it. <laughs> Literally in some ways. Oh, man. So concerned about image, we don't want anybody to know our churches are absolutely falling apart. I don't mean that everywhere. Sister Sampson, you said it earlier today. We all got problems. I've said it since I've been here. Oh, me? have problems? Yeah, you do. If you're breathing right now, you got a problem somewhere in your life. But it doesn't have to control you. We determine the outcome of the trial and the test that we're in by our attitude and by our spirit. And yes, Jesus, I'm preaching to me right now. It tells the entire story. But I can't. I can't. You don't know. And I, I, you're not the only person that's been betrayed. You're not the only person that's been hurt. You're not, you're not the only person that's been lied to. You're not the only person that's been misused and abused. You won't be the last. You've got to make up in your mind, I will not be intimidated. One more story and I'm done tonight. I've got this final piece in, in prayer tonight. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to close this. But let me give you, put it all together in one story. Children of Israel brought into bondage. And the king wanted some. It's amazing how the world wants us. They know we're blessed. They know the talent we have. We are more talented and more blessed than we have ever been in apostolic Pentecostal ranks. We're no longer the church on the other side of the tracks. We've crossed the tracks. We're building more beautiful edifices than we've ever had. And thank God for it. But we better never forget where we came from. We didn't start. Here we go again. We didn't start with all the new thing dangled ideas of today. We started in an old-fashioned prayer room. 120 people. And guess what? Something you probably don't think about very much. It probably was a whole lot more. Because everybody went, what's this Holy Ghost, man? Go tear I don't know how many was there, but I do know that when it, got, when it failed, there was only 120. Uh, yeah, thank you. And they were praying. They weren't having a choir clinic. They weren't having another business cinema, semin, I can't even talk tonight, seminar. It wasn't all the greatest and the best preachers that we love because. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm too old school. It's just 120 men and women. God, we love you. Lord. It's been quite a three and a half year journey. You have blown our minds. We thought it was all over with. You died and our dreams were dashed. We didn't have much faith in you or what you had said for three and a half years. But um, we're glad you rose again. And we don't have a clue, God. Say, Brother Whit, you can pray like that. That's daddy. Daddy! I don't know what this Holy Ghost is, but I'm here until it falls because you made a promise that I want that power. I want to change my world. And young people, 40 and below, this ought to be the description of us right here and our generation. Children in whom was no blemish, well favored, skillful in all wisdom, Cunning and knowledge, understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand, to stand in the king's palace, not intimidated, not letting go of what they believe in, standing being who God called them to be. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand. But oh, thank God for pastor. Thank God for assistant pastor. Thank God for mom and daddy. Thank God for the elders. But Daniel purposed in his heart. It's not a question. He was not going to be intimidated. Oh, hey, listen. Hey, you go read it. They told him, hey, if, you, if you don't do what the king said, man, you, I may lose my head. Well, guess what, buddy? You just better hope 
my God's real. And you better put faith in Jehovah God because I'm not bending, I'm not bowing. And uh, believe me, if you'll just trust me, you won't lose your head. They even changed their names. That's how much they tried to control and manipulate and intimidate them. They finally consented. Isn't it amazing when you take a stand and you get a backbone like a saw log? I don't care who it is. Are you ready? You ready, church? Baby, I love you, but I don't care if you walk away from this. I'm not going to hell. Baby, if you don't want this truth, I love you, but you're not pulling me back into that world. Kids, I'm not compromising for you because you want to connect with this generation and you want to be accepted and you want everybody to like you. No, as for me and my house, honey, we're serving the Lord. My mind is made up. My feet are on the rock. And after 10 days, they appeared fair, fatter. They was Pentecost. In flesh and all the children, all the children that did eat the portion of the king's meat. And as for these four children, oh, wow, they never mentioned. You know who was there? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Following their leader, being inspired by him. God gave them knowledge and skill and learning and all wisdom. Daniel had understanding and vision and dreams and great. Woo! That wasn't the end of the story. Because the king had a dream. Daniel and Perkins. He was a big head. Next chapter. What's that? Oh, let me tell you, you hadn't heard? <laughs> There's this big statue outside, this big idol. Israel always had trouble with idols. And so do we. When the church service starts, mm, I could preach there a while. Let me tell you something. If you're a musician and a singer in this house, God has blessed you. It is never about you. That you receive the glory. I don't care if you can sing like a mockingbird and you can play, tickle those ivories, beat those hides, pluck those strings. You better never get a big head and say, look at me and my talent. It's all about Jesus. He's the reason you can do what you're doing. They played the cornet, the trumpet. And bow. If you don't think that's overwhelming, intimidation and pressure, I don't know how many thousands, maybe millions of Jews bow. We also don't know where Daniel was. I don't have a clue. The Bible doesn't tell us. But it does let us know there's three young people, three young men that refused to be intimidated. Brother Trey, give me my flag. Put it right here. All the tattletales, all those really carnal people. Hey, King, remember that decree you made? Mm -hmm. Guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not, they're not bowing. Oh, well, bring them in here. They get in there. No Daniel, no preacher. This is why you got to get it for yourself. Hey, boys, I hear you're not bending and bowing. Yeah, you heard right. You got good ears. Let me just tell you, the Bible says his visage was changed. He was furious. Let me tell you something. Give you another chance. If you don't bend and bow, we're heating the furnace seven times hotter. They did not. <laughs> they didn't get on Facebook and, man, this is loud all of a sudden. They didn't get on Facebook and social media and Instagram and TikTok and whatever name, Twitter and Snapchat and now it's AI. Say, church parade. I just don't know how much more I can take. 
Oh, the pressure. Ah. They squared their shoulders, elder. They looked at him and said, hey, guess what? We're not careful to answer you this matter. We serve a God that is well able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. And brother, oh, we shout on Sunday night about the power of our God and the miracle working power and this, and we shout about that. But anybody can shout about that. It's their next statement that lets you know they didn't have one ounce of intimidation in them. But if not, we're not bending and we're not bowing. I will not be intimidated. Okay, Elder, it's your turn now. Stand by that flag, please. The Christian flag is going to represent the truth. Put your hand right there. Thank God for Elder Sampson, his burden. All of these years of pastoring, he's still your pastor. Brother Caleb Sampson, come put your hand under his. Station identification. Don't get nervous. Thank God for technology. I forgot to do something real quick. One second. Don't they look good down there? Thank God for men that can work together. <laughs> Hallelujah. this up and I forgot to. Hallelujah. February the 19th, 1945. On a two mile wide by four mile long island in the South Pacific, 666 miles south of Tokyo. The U.S. Marines invaded Iwo Jima. Probably the most famous that won a Pulitzer Prize. The journalist was there that day that snapped the picture of five young men all under the age of 30. The Japanese defenders of the island were dug into bunkers deep within the volcanic rocks. Approximately 70,000 Marines and 18,000 Japanese soldiers took part in the battle. In 36 days of fighting on the island, nearly 7,000 U.S. Marines were killed, 20,000 wounded. 216 Japanese soldiers captured and the rest killed in action. It was declared one of the bloodiest Marine Corps battles in history. They had bombed and they had bombed and they had bombed and they had bombed. Matter of fact, this war, this battle alone has received the most medals of honor of any battle ever fought. But there were five young men and there was a cause, Brother Turner. They needed to plant that flag that I still hold in the highest honor and respect. It's a good thing I got the Holy Ghost because if you burn a flag in me, brother, my Holy Ghost is going to be tested. That's why we're here. Five young men fought their way with bullets flying and bombs bursting. Climbing up the rough side of that mountain and they planted what has become the most famous picture of wartime history. Struggling, they weren't standing there just like that, my friend. You go look at the picture. They're, they're, anyway, they they're holding that flag up. They already tried it one time. A lot of people don't realize this. They already tried it one time, and they got shot. Some of them got shot and killed. Matter of fact, three of the five. You hear me? Three of the five that planted it were later killed in that in those bat, in that, that Iwo Jima fight. But they planted the flag. 
We refuse to be intimidated by dictatorships, by communism. We are Americans, and if we're free, we're going to do our best to make everybody else free. Stand with me tonight. Forty and below. Mom Samson, Sister Samson, come on down here. We're not just doing this for fun, for show tonight, folks. The devil hates what's going on in this place. Hold their hands. Come on down here. Go on your mom and dad's side, and you come stand with your mom and dad. True, still marching on. Thank God for every elder, everybody 50 and above in this house. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, sis. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for teaching us how to pray. Thank you for running the aisles and leaping for joy. Thank you for coming to church when you could have stayed home. Thank you when you didn't feel like it for coming. Showing us how a real warrior fights the good fight of faith. There are places when transitions have taken place that this generation has totally annihilated this generation. Don't listen to them anymore. Don't, they don't know what they're talking about. It's the spirit of Rehoboam. Listen to your peers instead of your elders. So in closing tonight, I apologize for taking so long. 40 and below, you want to live for God? 40 and below, you want this church to go on? 40 and below, you want this still standing when your babies get married and, they have, and you have grandkids? It's a big building. We can do this here tonight. It's not about picking sides. This is all one team. But I want you, 40 and below, I want you and your kids, I want you to come up here and begin to link hands. Take it around the side of the building. We have to. When they're done, then I want the rest of the elders. We're going to make one big circle in here tonight. And we're fixing to pray in the Holy Ghost. That God... We've come to rebuke the spirit of intimidation. Hallelujah. Come on, 40 below. Let's string it out around the building. Take off down the side aisles if you have to. Young people, I could have took a lot more time preaching to you individually tonight, but you better hear this preacher. You better get this in your heart. You better draw a line in the sand as I preached last night. You better settle some things in your heart. This is the only way. Hallelujah. I tell you what, we're going to do something a little bit different. The rest of you that's out there, you come find a family. You've already fought some of the battles that they're now fighting. You come find a family. Come find a young person. Connect with them in the Holy Ghost. We're fixing to pray. We still need you. You're still here. Your day is not over. God's not through with you. You still know how to pray. You still know how to fast. You still know how to worship. You still know how to encourage. Don't let the devil intimidate you into thinking your days are done. They're not done. We still need that clarion call. The truth is marching on. Hallelujah. Brother and Sister Parker, y'all in the ministry, right? Come on down here. Brother and Sister Turner, help me. Come lay your hands on this ministry team. You prayed a lot more than I, probably longer than I've been born. We're fixing, hey folks, we're not just doing this for show. Hallelujah. Come put your hands on the younger Samsons. Church, we're fixing to pray. I want you to pray like you have never prayed before. That God would heal, strengthen, restore, 
and drive out any spirit of fear and intimidation that's in this house. Come on, church. You know how to pray? Men, I've heard you pray in the prayer room. Ladies, I've heard you. Come on, lift your voice right now. Let's turn this into an apostolic prayer room. Hell is working over time, but the devil is still a liar. He's not in control. This is not his church. You are not his people. Come on, pray, pray. Grandma and Grandpa, think about your kids and your grandkids. You gotta get this truth in their heart. Victory in this house tonight. 